Can't you read the sign? That's a question I've heard many times in my life, especially when I've been particularly unobservant. Or maybe I was distracted, or maybe I chose to ignore the sign. That happens from time to time. And these, uh, these words were also a part of a song that was written in 1971. And signs have been a part of all of our lives. This is the sixth part in the series of messages that I called Signs, Signs, Everywhere the Signs. And I believe this message is for now, just as it has been all through time. We're going to start with the text of uh, 13th chapter of Revelation. And uh, the passage that we read describes believers. You know, the one we call Jesus instructed His earliest followers about signs. He taught about things that would happen, and He taught about people's attitudes. He taught about actions that we'd see before He returned. And so, as we go through this series of messages, we are seeing the different signs that He foretold. And one of them is the faith and the patience, or the patience and the faith of believers. But before we go into the message, I'm going to pray again. Father, Your Word is our roadmap. I yield to You for Your use today, and as it's written in Your Word, Lord, Your words were found, and I did eat them. Your Word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I know that I'm called by Your name. You are the God of hosts. I ask that you would clear distractions today, Father. Help us to explore your word. Guide us in it. Open our eyes to see clearly. We surrender to you. Please remove any deception that's been planted in our hearts, in our minds, by anything, whether it be religion or the world. Turn us to yourself by the cross of Christ. Thank you for cleansing us from iniquity, Father. Help me to speak clearly and concisely, I pray, as I yield to you. Bless all who are within the sound of my voice. Give us wisdom from above to override any earthly or sensual or demonic teachings, because your word tells us to be not deceived, that there will be demonic teachings. I pray in Christ's name, Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen. Revelation chapter 13. And we're going to read verses 7 through 10, very short passage, Revelation 13, verses 7 through 10. And this is speaking in this particular section of the beast that's written of in Revelation. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword." Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. I pray that God would 
open His Word to our hearing today. That's the line that we're going to focus on. The verse that we're focusing on is, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. But notice when we opened up, it's written that he opened his mouth, blasphemies against God, to blaspheme his name, excuse me, that's verse 6, his tabernacle and those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And that's why I started there, because this one that we know as the beast of Revelation is going to make war with the saints and overcome them. And the patience and faith of the saints, the end of that passage that we read, is something that all of us need to learn. But in order to learn that, we need to understand that we are the saints. And it's not well understood. And so I've gone through God's Word. Hi. (laughs) We have a dialogue at lunch, don't we? Yes, we do. But now she's going to turn to Mama. I want you to remember that it's written in Revelation 14, 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. He says another passage that covers the same idea. Here is the patience of the saints. The saints are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Why would the saints need patience? We're going to cover that next week. Because time's not going to permit me to get through everything otherwise. The singular word saint occurs one time. One time in the Scripture. It's in Paul's letter to the believers in Philippi. And it's written there, salute every saint in Christ Jesus. Paul was writing to the church and he said, salute, greet every saint there in the church at that place. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints greet you. All the saints greet you. Now, when I was raised as a child, I was taught that saints are those that somebody called saints and they're in heaven. But the Scripture doesn't bear that out. What the Scripture shows is that the people of God are His saints. The plural word saints occurs 96 times in the King James Version of the Bible. 96 times. Do you think the Bible has something to say about who the saints are? Absolutely. There's 35 passages in the Old Testament, and there are 61 passages in the New Testament. So the New Testament doesn't quite provide twice as many, but nearly twice as many references to the saints. So it gives us a clue about who the saints are. And I thought, we ought to look at every passage, right? No, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm not going to look at all of them. There's 96 passages, but we are going to look at a few. We can discern the meaning of the word saints by the way that it's used in the Scriptures. Three different Hebrew words are translated saints in the Old Testament. Three different Hebrew words. The first one that I found is... Kodesh. Its uh, number is 6944. It's a Hebrew word, and I find it in the dictionary there, a sacred place or thing, rarely abstract, 
abstractly, sanctity, consecrated. It's a consecrated thing or a dedicated thing, a hallowed thing. And holiness, most holy. And it can apply to a day or a portion or a thing. It's also translated saint, sanctuary, and uh, it can be used referring to people, places, and things. Okay? Saints. They're holy. Of the 470 times that this word is used in the Scriptures, in the Old Testament, I found one time when it's translated saints, and that's in Deuteronomy 33 and verse 2. And this is where the idea of it being a thing comes from. He said, The Lord came from Sinai and dawned on them from Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran, and He came with ten thousands of saints. From His right hand came a fiery law for them. And this is whenever He delivered the law to the people. Those saints that came with Him were angels. They came with Him. Ten thousands of saints, He says. Now, the Hebrew word translated saints, when we look at the next verse, is different. We'll read that verse, Deuteronomy 33.3. Yes, He loves the people. All His saints are in your hand. They sit down at your feet. Everyone receives your words. And that word, saints, is from the uh, number 69.18. It's numbered Kadash. Kadash. And that comes from another Hebrew word, and it means sacred, ceremonially or morally, and as a noun, God, by eminence, an angel, a saint, a sanctuary, the Holy One, and again, saint. Notice that both of those Hebrew words used in Deuteronomy come from the same base word, kadash. It's a primitive root. It's to be, it's to be causatively made, pronounced, or observed as clean, ceremonially or morally, clean. God cleans His people through the blood of Christ. We are washed in the blood. We sing that song, that old hymn, to keep and to prepare and to proclaim. Excuse me, I jumped there. No, I didn't. Purify, sanctify. And it occurs 171 times in the King James Version of the Bible. It's most often translated sanctify and sanctified. So I've looked at those words. I looked at all 171 of them. And the majority of them are either sanctify or sanctified. And less often it turns up as holy and hallow, hallowed, consecrate, and consecrated. And you think of something being consecrated, it is set apart for a purpose or for someone, for the use of God. And it's no surprise if we say that saints are sanctified. It's a word that we use to describe God's people. They are sanctified and being sanctified. There's a process that's involved. It takes some time. We're not all at the same place. We're called apart, set apart for God's use. We're called out of the world and set apart to Christ. And the angels of God can also be referred to as saints because they're set apart for God's use primarily. Number one purpose, God uses them. 
And as we continue looking into God's Word, we find two more Hebrew words and one Greek word that are translated saints. And and I'm sure that most of us aren't aware of all these words that are translated saints and how they're used and what they mean. But we need to know we are the saints of God, just as we are the temple of God on the earth right now. The first Hebrew word, actually the third Hebrew word, a fourth I guess it is, is kasid, kasid. And properly it is kind, that is religiously pious, a saint, a godly man, good, holy one, merciful, saint, godly. And it shows up 32 times in the Scripture. 32 times. And this refers to a human being, a living human being who is kind and good, merciful and godly. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, we hear this, He will guard the feet of His saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. He will guard the feet of his saints. Think about that, folks. He will guard your feet. That doesn't mean you jump into mud puddles and say, God's guarding my feet, okay? Don't go getting yourself into trouble and say, God's going to guard my feet, because that's tempting the Lord. In Psalm 30, in verse 4, it's written, Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. You sing praise. To the Lord. And this is one of the reasons why we sing praises in the congregation of the saints. In Psalm 31, it's written, Oh, love the Lord, all you His saints. Love the Lord, you His saints. For the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Do you see the balance there? When you're faithful to God, you are not proud. But when you're proud, He repays. Remember what happened to Satan. He was the first one to exalt himself in pride. And what does the Scripture say? Pride goes before the fall. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. You see, that's how we build our faith. This is how we have that patience and faithful endurance through the times that we, perhaps, will endure. Now, I know there are some who believe we won't be here And I'm going on what Jesus said, that He's going to come back after the tribulation of those days. In Psalm 97.10, you who love the Lord hate evil. Hate evil? I've heard Christians say you're not to hate anything, but the Lord says you hate evil. You hate evil. He preserves the souls of His saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Now, if saints were only those who were already taken into glory, where are they encountering wickedness? Because in God there is no evil, there is no darkness, there is no wickedness. Do you see what I'm saying, folks? We need to comprehend this, because the saints 
are on the earth right now and will be whenever this one called the beast or the Antichrist is set loose upon the world because he is going to be given permission to overcome the saints. And we've got too many people preaching out there that the saints aren't going to be here, that they're not going to have anything to do, that God's going to sweep them off the earth and they're not going to have to battle against evil. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to lose their faith. This is a salvation issue. Praise the Lord. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, we have perfected praise. Amen. Amen. And the Lord tells us in His Word, you who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of His saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. And then he also tells us in Psalm 116, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. If there were no saints on the earth, how would they be dying? You've got to think about this, folks, okay? Because a lot of us have been programmed and believing that somebody names a saint and then they're already in heaven. There are saints on the earth, and we, the people of God, are those saints. In Proverbs, excuse me, I'm going to back up. Psalm 149 is where we hear this. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. We like to sing old songs, but we also sing new songs. Today, we mixed it up a little bit. We had some old songs. We had a new song or two. And we've got a new twist on a song that we're going to do today. Y'all, some of you, maybe those of you who are, uh, well, I don't know, many of you will know the tune at least. We're going to sing Amazing Grace, but we're going to sing it to a different tune. It's a new song in that respect. And his praise, sing to the Lord a new song and sing his praise in the assembly of saints. This is an assembly of saints right here, right now. And then in Proverbs, we hear this. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. He preserves the way of his saints. Saints aren't just those who've been named by somebody and they're already in heaven. The other Hebrew word that's translated saints is Kadesh. It's Chaldean in its origin, and it corresponds to another word that, we, that we'd already looked at, uh, 6918, and that's holy one, saint. And it shows up 13 times in the Scriptures. Except for the seventh chapter of Daniel, this Hebrew word is translated holy or holy ones. But in the seventh chapter of Daniel, it occurs several times, and it's translated saints. He's talking about the holy people of God, made holy by God through His Spirit, infusing us. We're made holy. Let's read that from Daniel chapter 7. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. Now, Daniel was having visions. God was giving him visions of those end days. 
I came near the one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this, so he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts, which are four, are four kings which arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. That's what verse 18 tells us. That is our inheritance. That's the inheritance of the saints. We inherit that kingdom. After all this goes by, after it all ends, then Christ brings us back and we rule with Him for a thousand years. Now, verse 19 reads like this, Then I wished to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured broke in pieces, and trampled the residue with its feet, and the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth and spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. And I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Now, see, Daniel foretold it, and then God gave John the same vision. This enemy of souls is going to war with the saints and prevail, win, overcome the saints. That is the Word of God. That's not my Word. It's not some other man's words. That is the Word of Almighty God. That's what He says doesn't matter what somebody else says. And sometimes I get furious when I hear people say, well, this isn't a salvation issue. It is a salvation issue. Because if people come up against the type of tribulation, if we are alive at that time, and we come against that type of tribulation, or that type of tribulation comes against us, and we think that somehow Jesus is going to come in and whisk us out of here, and we're not going to have to battle, we're not going to be prepared, folks. It's going to be a dreadful day for anyone who is not prepared for what's coming. Now, the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Do you hear the victory in Jesus there? Do you hear the victory? Victory! We have victory! And yet, there will be a defeat that precedes that victory. And we need to understand this, because we are not going to escape. If that tribulation comes on this earth before we are gone, we're going to face it. And if you're not prepared, you may just buckle and get that mark. Because without it, you won't buy or sell. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. The ten horns are the ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall arise after them, and he shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute 
the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This is the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. Daniel said this really, really upset him. He didn't want to hear this any more than any of us want to hear it. And he kept the matter in his heart. In other words, he pondered on it. He thought about it. He considered it. It was explained to him in some detail what it was, because he's expressing it here. But remember that the kingdom, that end-of-time kingdom will be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. We will rule with Christ. And if you can hold on to nothing else, if you find yourself in great tribulation of any kind, which Jesus Himself said would be unlike any time before or after it, you find yourself in that time of tribulation, you need to hold on to the thought that no matter what happens to your earthly body, you will return and rule with Christ. That will give you strength in your faith. Remember, it's written in Revelation 13, 7. We read this in the first passage that we opened with. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Every the whole world will come under His sway. He has been given authority. It is great authority. Remember, there's no authority except from God, and God is going to grant authority to this evil personage, and He's going to overcome. He's going to war with the saints and overcome them. There's one Greek word in the New Testament that's translated saints. This is more of a teaching message, folks, but I've got to get this through to you so that you comprehend where you are in the picture. And that New Testament word is hagios. It comes from another one, hagos, which is an awful thing. Hagos is an awful thing. And we compare it to another Greek word. It means sacred, physically pure, Morally blameless, religious, ceremonially consecrated. There's that word again. Consecrated. Set apart to the Most High. Set apart. Set apart. Different. This word is the one translated holy when matched with the word ghost. Holy. And do you see, by being infused with the Holy Ghost, you are made holy. You are made a saint. Holy. Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. That's hagios. Espiritus. 
It is a descriptive word that informs readers of the nature of living believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are hagios, filled with hagios espiritus. We, the believers, are the saints of God on earth. In Matthew chapter 27, it's written then, Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. People came out of the graves. They were saints who had fallen asleep. In other words, they had passed on. They had died. And when Christ went through His death, His burial, and His resurrection, they arose victorious for a time over death. And that was a precursor to what's going to happen in the end. Because the dead in Christ will be raised. And any who are still alive on the earth will be taken from the earth and raised up with Him at His coming. He says so. He makes it clear. In Acts chapter 9, it's written in verse 41, Then He gave her His hand. This is Peter, I believe, if I remember correctly, who had, uh, had prayed over this girl who had died. He lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Do you see again? The saints were alive right there at that time whenever Peter raised this little girl from death. And he called the saints and the widows who were were praying and, and crying. They were weeping. And then in Acts chapter 26, we hear this. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison. This is Paul. He's giving a testimony, and he says, look, I locked the saints up in prison. And he had received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. They were condemned to death. The saints were condemned to death. They were not already dead. See, I know I'm belaboring the point, but it's important, I believe, because the Holy Spirit laid this on my heart as I was presenting this message. My focus in my mind as I started this message was to look at what is the patience and the faith of the saints. And we need to know who the saints are. And in order to understand what that patience and faith is, we have to know that we are the saints of God on the earth. Paul said he was putting the saints to death. And in Acts chapter 9, verses 13 and 14, we hear Ananias answered and said, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Ananias was called to pray over him. He said, I can't go near that guy. He'll have me killed. I heard about him. He has your saints killed. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. You see, the saints are living. They're living on the earth. That's what the Scripture shows. And there are saints who are with God, but there are saints on the earth. 
Remember, Daniel said, the enemy shall persecute the saints of the Most High. And he also said, the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. And there was a period of time when we will be given into his hands and he will overcome. Does that mean he'll kill us all? No, obviously not, because those who are alive when Christ returns are going to be gathered up with him. Thus it is written. And this is an absolute fact that is repeated by John in the Revelation. Revelation 13, 7 that we heard. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and overcome them. All authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. That's the people on the earth. And those who say there aren't going to be any saints on the earth are lying. Or they're grievously disturbed. They're mistaken. They've been deceived. And the Lord tells us that he will allow for this great deception to come upon the earth for those who do not love the truth. I want all of you to love the truth. Those who are within the sound of my voice, I want you to comprehend and want the truth. I want you to study the Word of God. Study Matthew chapter 24. Study Mark chapter 13. Study Luke's record of Christ's words about the end times. Don't take it from me. Take it from Christ Himself and those who wrote down His words. The saints that are spoken of by Daniel and John are living believers who are on the earth when the devil rules as the Antichrist. That's what God's Word shows us. Now, we could deny that if we want. We could put our head in the sand and say, no, 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 somebody told me I'm not going to be here. We could do that, but then we'll be a part of that deception because it is a great deception, folks. Because all authority is going to be given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. The patience and faith of the saints is endurance through great tribulation. They refuse to recant their faith. We refuse to recant our faith. If tribulation came to the earth right now, if tribulation came to the earth right now, we would refuse to recant our faith. We'll refuse to accept that devil's mark that damns eternal souls forever. I suspect at least the majority of the people will accept that mark. Those that are on the earth at that time are going to be given a choice. Eat or don't eat. Have heat or don't have heat, have lights, or do not have lights, have electricity in any form or fashion. Imagine if you have an electric car. You won't be able to buy electric to run your car. If you have a gasoline-powered car, you won't buy gasoline. You will buy nothing. You will sell nothing without that mark. In Revelation 1 and verse 9, it's written, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom in patience of Jesus Christ, Yahashua, Messiah, or Mashiach, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He was put in jail on this jail island. He was sent there because he refused to back down. He went through tribulation, and he's writing to those, and he's to, to the people who were still alive at that time. He says, I'm your brother in Christ, 
And I'm your companion in tribulation. See, all through time people have gone through tribulation for their faith, except the recent couple of hundred years here on this land. And we've gotten so comfortable without any type of difficulty or tribulation that we think it's always going to be that way. And yet I think if this past 15 months or so hasn't taught us anything else, it has taught us that the church can, in fact, be attacked. The church can be silenced. The church can come under tribulation, even in this land. You see, we've been not having to deal with that for most of our lives. We can choose, oh, I don't like what that preacher says, I'm going down the road to the other place. Because the other place, he preaches the way I like it. We've had people do that here. I don't like that doctrine he's preaching. Well, it's biblical doctrine. It's not a man's doctrine. And there's so many men that have brought so many doctrines that the Scripture warns us about the doctrines of demons, the doctrines of men. Jesus Himself preached against the doctrines of men. And I know men isn't a favored word anymore. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be politically correct. I'm going to say what the Bible says, all right? It says doctrines of men. That means man. That means human beings. I was checking the edit on my book, and they changed some of those man words. We ought to obey God rather than men. That's what Peter and the other apostles said whenever they were challenged for preaching the gospel. We ought to obey God rather than men. Of course, the book editor thought that that should be humankind. I'm going to wrestle over that one, I think. When we look at what's coming, folks, the signs of the times are around us. Can't you see the signs? They're there. And we all need to be prepared. Now, maybe, by God's grace, we will not be here at that time. Maybe there's still time for us not to have to be concerned about it. But I want you to be prepared, and I want your children to be prepared, and I want your children's children to be prepared, because the Scripture makes it clear there will be human beings that He calls saints on the earth when they're given into the hand of the Antichrist, and He will overcome them. That is what is written. And if it's not us, it's going to be our children. And if it isn't our children, it's going to be our grandchildren. And we need to be the ones to prepare them for that time so they don't take that mark that will damn their eternal souls. But if it is us, if it is us, we need to be prepared to say no. No, I will not take that mark. No, I will not do that. I don't care if you mandate it. I will not do it. I don't care where you want to place it on my hand or my forehead. No. I don't care if you won't let me buy or sell without it. No. I don't care if you're going to persecute me for it. No. And at some point in time, you're absolutely right, young lady. You're absolutely right. No. She's got that word figured out. That's a strong word. We need to be prepared, and we need to prepare our children and our children's children. And the Scripture tells us that we are to teach our children and our children's children. 
If we're not prepared, folks, we too could fall to that deception. Because we know that this one called the beast or the Antichrist is going to deceive the whole world with signs and wonders. He's going to appear to be Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. I'm going to save you from whatever it is that he's going to save you from. But in actuality, he's going to damn your soul forever. Because it's written, the smoke of their torment arises forever and ever. They have no rest who take the mark. Patience in tribulation is a mark of Christ-likeness. Patience in tribulation. And that is where our faith is tested. That is where our faithfulness will be revealed. As I wrap it up, I'll simply remind you that saints are not just dead believers who were given that title by some man on earth. It's not the way it is in Scripture. The Scriptures are clear. Saints are living men and women, living men and women, who are called out of the world to faithfully serve God through Christ. It's written in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You have been made saints. There's a change that comes over you. You are no longer the same. You're no longer whatever those things are, revilers or extortioners or drunkards or covetous or thieves or sodomites or homosexuals or adulterers or fornicators. You are no longer those things. You've been made new. You've been transformed. You've been changed by the blood of the Lamb. And you've been turned into saints, the saints of God. Yes, I love this. Saints are sanctified, which is to say they are set apart for God's use. Saints are patiently faithful to our master, and he wants to find faithful followers when he returns, waiting patiently for him. The question is, will he find us patiently faithful when he gets here? And that's the question he asked. I'm just reiterating it in different words. And we'll look at that next week as we come back to this patience and faith of the saints as we look at the signs 
of the time. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the patience and faith of the saints. And I ask, Father, that you and you alone would be glorified in all that we've said here today and all that we've done. As we prepare for lunch, Lord, I ask for your blessing on every bite, every morsel, every sip of everything that we have. And I pray, Lord, for each one here to recognize that you call us saints. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.